emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host, Ron Baker, and on today's show, we are doing our year in review for 2019. Happy New Year, Ron. Yeah, you too, Ed. Welcome to the Roaring Twenties. I'm already sick of that, by the way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, here's my dad joke. The thing, things this year seem to be coming into focus. Get it? Yeah, yeah, Get it? yeah, yeah. Get it? Okay. Didn't they do a Barbara Walters thing on 2020 <laughs> with Anderson Cooper? <laughs> Missed that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. I guess uh, some SNL character played Barbara Walters, and they did this whole thing during you know. Oh, okay. 2020 that, uh, on their New Year's Eve show or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. so let me ask you, this is an ongoing debate in my household. Is it a new decade or no? No, it's not. Okay. So you and I are on the same page with me on this. Yeah. I totally agree. It's not. You, it just, did, there, was, there was no year zero. However, just you like, count yeah, years. Just like 2000 wasn't the millennium, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm over that. <laughs> <laughs> We're just declaring victory on that. And moving yeah. On. Yeah. It's uh, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Now it is the twenties. I'll give you that. That that I'll give yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. And, and Ed, we don't have a good word for it. the teens. Doesn't work because you know it wouldn't count like two thirds of it or or third of it or whatever. What do you call the tens or whatever? Uh-huh. You know, I think it, they they just go down as the the teens. I think. Yeah, I, and and the and the not years are tough too. Yeah. Well, I, the aughts. I, I always like the aughts. The aughts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the aughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, at least now that. we can say twenties, thirties, forty. You know. Yeah. Now it's now it's normal from here yeah. on in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, it is kind of weird though, because I remember growing up thinking about the twenties as the nineteen twenties. So that's just sure. weird. It is weird, and and you think about what was going on during the Roaring Twenties with the uh, Prohibition and. Ones of Charleston and all that. I mean, yeah. Wow. And so, and the and that was an incredible year of um, invention, new products, right? That's when yeah, home appliances and cars really became quite mainstream. Well, let's hope we look look back on the 2020s as a a great time of innovation as well. I think that's let, let's hope. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. No. But I'm a possibilitarian, Ron. I, you know, I, I, again, I have future glee. Yep, me too. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, where do you want to start with this? We have a couple traditions that we sort of go through. But do you have any place that you'd like to start doing our recap? No, we always kind of talk about notable people who passed away. I don't know why, uh, but it seems the thing to do when you look back over the year mm-hmm. and. Uh, one of the ones that caught me was Tim Conway. Yes, Tim Conway from the Carol Burnett Show. 
some of his great characters that he did, especially the the old man that would shuffle everywhere. Yes. And uh, and then the, the my I think my favorite is the the boss who I don't know the boss's name, but it was with uh, with Carol Burnett. He would he would get Mrs. Wiggins, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Tudball, Mr. Tudball, I think it is. <laughs> Tud, Tudball. <laughs> and and how many times did he make uh, who was it Harvey Corman oh, character? Like, it just but how could you not? <laughs> well, because you never knew where he was going. Like the, the the one of the legendary bits that I think he completely improvised on set was when he he played the the friend of Harvey Corman Ed on uh, on uh, the Mama's Family. Mm. Now it wasn't Mama's Family. Then was a spinoff of the Carol Burnett show, but, right, right. but, but yeah. this was like one, one, on one of the segments, and he did this whole thing about this the elephants, Siamese elephants that were attached at the trunk, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think he completely just made it up on the way. Like there was no that was not in the script, and he's just going off on these elephants connected at the trunk and how they you know the problem is that they couldn't trumpet like other because the best they could manage was a snork. It was. <laughs> And I think that's when Harvey Corman fell off the edge of the couch. But <laughs> you know, he also did uh, an appearance, a couple of few appearances on Married with Children. He played Peg's mom's husband. And, okay, know, she was the big fat person that you never saw, right? That mm-hmm. I would constantly make fun of, but because they 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 separated, and that's the premise. It was hilarious. It's just he was great in that, just really great. Yep. Well, from the entertainment world, I, I, one one of the ones I want to mention, just because he had an influence on me, especially with regard to even the show, was Don Imus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who I personally think, other than Tim Russert, was the the best political interviewer. Mm-hmm. I think he had a knack for because he would go back and forth between these the, being being funny and being a being a jerk and low lowbrow humor and then getting extraordinarily wonky with these people i think he got a lot out of the people that he talked to during his interviews right right yeah and that was he he passed on december 27th so pretty yeah recent yeah 79 i think yes that's correct um couple other comedic actors ed Georgia Engel and Catherine Helmond. Mm-hmm. Georgia Engel did the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes. Yep. She was 70. And of course she played a mom on everybody loves Raymond. Yes. That was excellent. Just hysterical uh, mm-hmm. character. Her and her husband. In fact, uh, Fred Willard is her husband. Right, and, and they're the parents of uh, Amy, I think, who who raised Brother Mary's. Uh, and one of the funniest episodes is when he goes to their home to ask for their daughter's hand. Okay, <laughs> Fred Willard just looks at him and says, "No," <laughs> and it's the funniest. It's just great. The the, the, the timing in that scene was beautiful. It was just really well done. Super well done. Yeah. And, no. uh, and of course, of course, Catherine Hellman, who also played a mom. She played Deborah's mom on Everybody Loves Raymond. Don't ask me why I know all this. I just do. Um, <laughs> but she did Soap. Uh-huh. Soap. I do remember Soap with Billy Crystal. Yeah. Soap broke so many. 
<laughs> so many paradigms. That show was outrageously funny. I think it was, it might, I might not be correct, but if the first openly gay character on TV. I, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. At least definitely in a sitcom on an ongoing basis. Right. But, but they did so many other things that just were so off the wall. You just couldn't help. You, you know, he got abducted by aliens and it, it was just, just over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, Peter Mayhew passed away. Yeah. Explain, he, explain him. He, he, he was the, the actor behind Chewbacca. Okay. The star Wars series. Now I don't know if he played Chewbacca in the last that, you know, the latest star Wars that just got released. I think maybe he did, but, he, but uh, yeah, but he, you know, he's absurdly tall. I mean, he's, I think he's seven feet tall. Oh, wow. So the, the fact that he, he lived to 74 is amazing because it's it, tall. People generally have heart trouble. It's <laughs> right. sad, but true. I know. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. from, from yeah. the, you know, that their, their heart has to work significantly right. harder than, than other, Absolutely. other people. So. Yeah. A lot more to pump, a lot farther distance to pump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just to keep things flowing. So. Doris day. And she was 97. Wow. Yeah, really. I, I, I only remember, you know, how much is that doggy in the window, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, and, the, and the line from Greece, uh, you know, about, but uh, look at me, I'm Sandra D. It's right, right. is mentioned, mentioned in that. So that's a, a big one. Yeah. And, and here's one I bet, you know, although this is really obscure, Ken Kerchival. Uh, yes, on Dallas, is that correct? Yes, he was Cliff okay. Barnes. Cliff Barnes on Dallas. Uh-huh. Wasn't he JR's foil? I mean, JR yes. just destroyed the guy. Right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> on a regular basis. Like every time Cliff would even get approaching good things happening to him. He got, and it, it was at the same thing. After after JR would crush him, he would like, go back to his home and, and, and he would eat Chinese food out of the carton. It was like, I just kind of remember. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And, and I'll get another, that Jr. <laughs> and and another one that lasted. She was ninety seven. Carol Channing. Yes, it's like and an then, institution. Well, and this book bookends on the year on that one, Ron, because Carol Carol Channing was the the lead in the the Broadway show Hello Dolly. Right, right. And at the end of the year, I think the same day as Don Imus, Jerry Herman passed away who is the the composer the composer of, yeah of hello of hello dolly as well as mame which is one of my favorite musicals and then also the the musical la cage of all mm. which is just fantastic then of course peter tork from the monkeys yes he was 77 and do you know daryl dragon gosh that one escapes me ron who's daryl dragon He's the captain in Captain and Tennille. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Of course, I should have known that. And they were separated. I didn't realize that. But apparently, she took care of him. And they still had a great relationship. But um, And wasn't he, he was with, at least the time, the, the, the Beach Boys, wasn't he? Uh, was he? Yeah, I think, I think he, I think he, maybe he's just like in their side band or something. Uh, could be, could be. Yeah. Well, Ed, there's a few more that I've got that are obscure. So let me just get one in here before we have to break. Okay. 
Denise Nickerson. All right, Denise Nickerson. She played Violet Beauregard, the gum-chewing little snot-nosed brat on Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the one that blows up into the big blueberry. I am well aware by Violet Beauregard because because Kara has has played has, Violet Beauregard. So. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a great character. It is a great character. Yeah, and they she got to wear the suit that blows up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and totally sings that obnoxious song. It, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want it now or whatever. Uh, actually, that is not Violet Beauregard. Uh, uh, oh, Violet that's Beauregard. The yeah, that's the, yes, yeah, that's yes, right. Yes, that Veruca. Okay. Veruca. See, I know the, okay. the characters because yeah, Gary was on the okay. show. Yeah, yeah. So, you're right. You're right. Veruca sings "I Want It Now." The bad nut. Yep. Bad right. Nuts. Right. What is <laughs> what is Violet sing? Because they all don't uh, they? Uh, um, Violet. I don't know if Violet has her that's own. Song. Oh, uh, I blew it. Is in the Broadway show, but I don't think it's in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. All right. Well, listen, we're up against our first break and folks, if check out patreon.com slash TSOE and you can subscribe to the show, get our bonus episodes and get the regular show without having to listen to Greg kite during commercial breaks and also check out soul And now we want to hear from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We're tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the year 2019. And Ed, one more obscure question for you. Get your hands off your computer. Okay. That, Beverly Owen. Beverly Owen. 
Beverly Owen. Nope, sorry. She was 81. She was the original Marilyn Munster on season one of the Munsters. Oh, that's right. There was a, there was a, a change to that character. Yeah, at least six people have played Marilyn. Now I wow. think that includes the movie. You know, because they did movies. A movie, okay, right. Yeah. I think two or three or four maybe on the TV show. But here's the funny thing: Butch Patrick, who played uh-huh. Eddie Munster, um, which by the way I think he kind of looks like Judge Napolitano, but that's a whole another thing. Um, <laughs> he said in a press release after she passed. Beautiful Beverly Owens. Owen has left us. What a sweet soul. I had the biggest crush on her. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, wow. Bev, and thank you. Thanks for your 13 memorable Marilyn Munster episodes. I actually looked this up. The original name in the script for her was Marilyn Mundane because she, <laughs> she played Lily's niece. And, you know, they said, well, she's, she's got average looks. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great show. You know, I remember yeah. this one scene in Cheers where there's a big fight at the bar and Rebecca comes out. She goes, no, no, gentlemen, quit this bickering. The bar is big enough for both of us who love the Munsters and who love the Adams family. This <laughs> 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 is the most ridiculous thing. They're sitting there arguing about these two shows, but uh, definitely the Munsters, I think, were better. Yeah. Oh, sad that there was never a crossover episode. That's all I'm saying. That's true. That, that would have been a how that, you know, family guy did that with the Simpsons. They had a, Oh, they did a crossover. Yeah. They did a crossover and it is brilliant. It is brilliant. They're Homer and uh, Peter are getting this big fight in the nuclear factory and, and Homer goes up to the shelf and he's got, you know, 20 Emmys sitting there and he starts throwing the Emmy statues at Peter and Peter says, Hey, that's so fair. I don't have any of those. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. All right. Well, let's, let's turn our attention to some business folks, Ron. And, 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 you know, lots of them. And and in fact, we even mentioned a couple during the year because they were so important. Certainly we talked about Herb Kelleher. He, I think he died back in January of this year. I still think he's one of the best CEOs ever. CEOs ever. Right. Um, But uh, I should also mention David Koch, who the, in my opinion, much maligned David Koch. Uh, I, you know, I, I, uh, this, this, there, there tends to be on Facebook, this, this propensity of people who, whenever you cite anything from either the Cato Institute or uh, it it doesn't matter, they'll, they'll just look it up. Well, you know, Koch brothers founded that, you know, argumentum a la Kochum or whatever. Right. You know, (laughs) it's like if, if Koch, therefore bad, like it's, it's like, it's wrong. There's no question. You can't, there's nothing you can say. Oh, it's Koch brothers. There you go. I mean, it's <laughs> and he and was a massive philanthropist, massive philanthropist. And, and then, uh, cause that's one of my normal, one of my usual retorts to it, by the way is, Oh, so I guess you don't watch uh, Nova. Mm-hmm, cause, mm-hmm. cause the David H Koch foundation is, is a huge sponsor of Nova. Yep. And what somebody actually replied once to me was, well, if, if they were talking about global warming, I would not watch it. <laughs> Okay. I I remember he donated something like 50 million to a hospital, cancer research hospital, I think somewhere in New York, forget the name of it. And Mm -hmm. the nurses signed a petition, said, no, don't accept this money. He's he's just doing it to get publicity 
cover up his evil way. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, unbelievable. But he was 79, and I think his brother, uh, uh, who's the other cook? Charles Coke. He's still around. Yeah. So he's he's still, still I think, company. running the show. But I, you know, and it just of course drives me crazy that he's always billed as right, you know, right wing. Have you looked at his position on immigration, like at all, for more than half a second? Yep. Yep. Now they're both they're both very hard to uh, to peg. I mean, they both have. Charles obviously is a strong Austrian. Steve yes. Mises and Hayek. More Mises, yep. I think, than Hayek. But we also lost T. Boone Pickens, 91, and Ross yes. Perot at 89. Yeah. yeah, Ross Perot. That was a real interesting uh, situation when he ran for president. I, I, I kind of think he might have had a better shot at if he didn't if he didn't whack out that one time in oh, the yeah. very middle of middle of the campaign, right? He said like there was something about his daughter's wedding or something. Yep, and yep. He was- you know, the thing, Ed, there's, there is a story out there and apparently it's true that mm-hmm. the only reason he ran was to take out Bush. He hated George Walker Bush. Hated hmm, him. Interesting. The old man, Lee Iacocca, 94, I used to call him the automobile industry's first airbag. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> bitter, you- still bitter about the first bailout. Right, but mm-hmm. but you you also do cite him because he was the one who put the the original the the the, the Corvette Mustang. versus the Mustang, right? Yeah, he yeah. was executive behind the Mustang. He was, he was. Um, we also lost John C. Bogle at eighty nine, and he was the mutual fund giant. I don't know if he actually came up with. I think he invented them, but I'm I'm not sure. The concept uh, a, of a mutual fund? Yeah, the concept of a mutual fund. I think it was him, but if not, he certainly launched them and democratized them, you know, made them available to the masses. And we talked about this gentleman, uh, Henry Block, who I've always admired. Right. Um, for starting H&R Block, a much maligned <laughs> company amongst uh, the CPA profession, but um, a true innovator as far as I'm concerned. And was yes. a great story. Great story. How he started that, like three grand from his aunt or something. It was just amazing. And he was not a CPA, right? He was not. He was a bookkeeper, I think, in a bank or something. Um, couple, uh, just one other, a couple others. John Paul Stevens, former Supreme Court justice. Uh, yes. Appointed by Ford, 1975. He was 99. Gloria Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper's mother mother yep she was 95 and then of course uh we lost uh paul volker at 92 remember how these guys used to paul volker he 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 was asked once how bad america's economy was when he took charge of the fed in 79 Mm -hmm. and he replied by latin american standards it wasn't so bad yeah (laughs) excellent point sir (laughs) Uh, and uh, John Dingle, the longest serving member of Congress in U.S. history. Yes. And did, did his wife take over? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. The poster boy for term limits as far as I'm concerned. Oh, ah, crazy. Well, one more, Ed. John yeah. Spinney. Carol Spinney, I'm sorry. Carol Spinney, yep. Carol okay. Spinney. Yep. Big Bird. Big for Bird. You're not in the know. Uh, played them for five decades. And did you know that the Big Bird suit was, had 
almost 6,000 feathers. And he had to open and shut Big Bird's eyelids by moving a five-pound lever with his little finger. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and his right arm was fully extended to operate the heavy head and the neck. Uh, uh-huh. He could not see out of the suit, so they had a monitor in there so he could, so he could look out. Um, and he also operated Oscar the Grouch. Wow. I didn't realize. Which is why they're never seen together. It, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, hey, listen, one, oh, and one more. To, my brother. Yeah, go ahead. My brother. Yes, of course. Your brother. Mate. Your brother. Brother yeah. Ken. Ken. Yeah, brother uh, Ken. Very, very sad. Uh, and uh, I did want to mention this one. We, we, there's a whole thing we could do on sports, but I don't want to spend this whole show on dead people. But there is one guy that I do want to mention because he was an influence to me, a guy by the name of Jim Bouton. Hmm. And he was, he was 80. He was a pitcher for the New York Yankees in the early 60s and then was traded to what was then known as the Seattle Pilots. Mm-hmm. who I think then then moved I forget where Seattle moved to but uh they they, they they're it's not the Seattle Mariners that was a whole new team, new team. but it, during during his the, the season in in I think it was 1969 for when he was playing for the Seattle Pilots he was a you know, washed up starter who was who was trying to still make it in the big leagues as a as a reliever and he wrote one of the first kind of tell all books about in, literally inside baseball called ball four mm. and yep and it was it's a it was one of the early books that i re- remember reading and it was it's it's a it's about you know just the crazy things that they would do <laughs> during the base these baseball players would do and and kind of opened opened up your eyes about you know a lot of things, including you know Mickey Mantle's drinking problem is mentioned. Sure, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of lot of people are are you know hated Jim Bouton, but he actually then went on later in after his baseball career to serve in the U.S. Senate. He was elected from I think Kentucky. Uh, it was either either Kentucky or Tennessee, but I'm, but I'm almost sure it was Kentucky. So really interesting guy. And uh, just a, a quick shout out to him because so so many things that that he was responsible for, including as, as I said, one of the, the first first books, uh, big big boy books I can remember reading as like probably a fourteen or fifteen year old. You, you know, I, I I saw the couple books that were published in the last year or two on Babe Ruth, apparently really really well done, mm-hmm. one by a female I think sports writer, um, but he had a kind of a interesting personal life as well oh duh, that's one way to put it <laughs> yeah. interestingly enough a catholic yeah and, that's right yeah and, yes and and relatively devout especially devout. at the end of his life but you know all of well, us are <laughs> on one day of the week yeah one day of the week anyway anyway all right ron well we're up against our next break want to remind you that you can get a hold of ron or me by sending an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com ron mentioned the patreon site so please go out to patreon.com slash tsoe where you can get the shows in without commercials as well as the bonus episodes that we do but right now a word from our sponsor The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 
Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are doing our 2019 recap here on the Soul of Enterprise. And Ron, we spent a half hour on dead people, so I think it's time to move on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 move on from dead people. <laughs> so tell me, tell me the funniest funniest thing from last year. I know this is really difficult, but uh, <laughs> the funniest thing from last year. Am I allowed to mention the one that we were just talking about? Yeah, or is that? Oh, I am. Okay. All right. So I, I will say that this is an ongoing funny line that I heard multiple times. And I think we've talked about this on the bonus episode. So those of you who are not on the Patreon site, you've, you've missed this up until now. But we, we both mentioned Jonah Goldberg as someone whose podcast that we listen to. And perhaps we'll get to that because that was a podcast that I've added to my must listen to list this year. Mm-hmm. And one of his great lines, he, he says, you know, he, he's a big believer that, that Joe Biden should be the, the Democratic nomination just because all of the others are too far to the left to, to be viable. He is not a Trump supporter. In fact, he's considered more of an anti, anti-Trumpist. And again, this is uh, uh, Jonah Goldberg. So he's, he, you know, he's not coming at this from the point of view of, of, uh, of being a Trump guy. But he does say that the one problem with Joe Biden is that he's also the most likely to start screaming, get these squirrels off of me during a debate, which <laughs> is, is so right on. I mean, then that's, that's what makes it so incredibly funny is he is the most viable candidate, but you never know. He, he could, he actually could say that it's, right. it wouldn't be, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, starting to get. He's starting to be called the wandering whisperer too, because he's when he's asked the difficult question on like a stage, he'll wander around and, and kind of mumble to himself to formulate an that? answer. <laughs> you know, I, I, which I can't say as I blame him. I mean, I <laughs> the other really funny thing that Jonah said about he was given the Biden advice, and he said you should you should run a front porch campaign, which I thought was brilliant. 
because uh, mm-hmm. who was it? Was it Coolidge? Or, no, it was Harding. Harding ran a front porch campaign from his home in Ohio, I think. And where he just the press would come to him and his wife would serve like, you know, coffee and cookies and stuff. And he would just sit there and answer questions <laughs> that will keep him out of trouble. And he, he won't forget what state he's in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but I will I will say this, that it, 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 while it's funny, it's also not a half bad idea. No, it's a great idea. Actually, that's what makes it funny. I mean, and, and, and by the way, not just for him. Yeah. Right. Not just yeah. for him. Yep. Agreed. Uh, and I think I think Harding wasn't the only one to do that. I think there were others who used to do that kind of thing too. <laughs> okay, Ed. So my my pick for the funniest thing used to be something Ken would say. You know, there, were, there was always a line out of, of the year out of Ken. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, but but this one is just way up there. Remember the whole kerfuffle with China? Uh, Which one? Well, the the one was South Park. Because oh, they did yes, an episode yes, 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 yes. like banned in China. And it was actually about the kids starting a band in China. But yes. it was it was also banned, you know, there, there was right. the whole free speech thing. And China government just, you know, it, it just cleansed them off the internet. Just they took out everything, took out the chat rooms, took out everything to do with South Park. <laughs> and the South Park creators tweeted we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. Xi Jinping doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. Long live the great communist party of China. May this autumn's sagram harvest be bountiful. We good now, China? (laughs) They are outrageous. They, (laughs) They are great. They are great. That's the kind of stuff that I want to see from the NBA, Nike, and you never will. That's what I think we've lost. No, and I can't quite figure it out either. I, I can't believe that it's the, the well, I guess it's the money. I mean, I, it, but it, it just doesn't make sense. I I, it doesn't to me. I, I you know, I, I, I know that's the theory that it's the money. But I, I don't think you would have seen it 30 or 40 years ago. I know we've talked about this before, but it just, it just bugs me. And at least, at least somebody stands up to them. Right. Well, I guess in, in a mocking it, wouldn't, way. It, wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been the money. Is that right? No. 20, I, I don't 20 30 think. years ago? Yeah. And, and I know, look, I know China's only been around in its current form for about 30 years when they really started to enter the market, right. become a yeah. power. But um I just think when, and, and that was the, it's always been free markets theory that, well, when you trade with people, there's going to be less conflict and war is going to go down and all that. And I get all that. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's an element when good mixes with, <laughs> with bad, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say evil, but when good mixes with bad, the bad rubs off more on the good. So it's like, yeah, we've exported some of our economics to China, but we've also, imported some of their values when it comes to free speech and censorship. And I just, I think that's a wicked thing. Yes. That, that, that is actually most troubling to me as well. I big, obviously free speech advocate. So, (laughs) so when South Park did that, I just thought that was, yeah, all that was, it was great. (laughs) We good now China? We good. We good now China? Yeah. We good. All right. (laughs) And have a great sagram harvest. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking the answer is no, by the way, Ron. 
thinking the answer is still no. <laughs> Uh, could be me. They could be more forgiving than I'm aware of. So. True. All, All right. right well, what small. else you got for 2019? Well, look, we did 49 shows, live shows. Yes, we anyway. did do 49 shows. Yeah. And uh, we had 15 guests. So about a third, roughly close to a third. Um, we had more guests last year, believe it or not, in 2018. Yes. Um, than we did than we did last year. But, you know, looking over our guests, we have a pretty high bar. <laughs> we do have a very high bar. For guests on this show. And uh, we, we've had some just great guests. I mean, obviously, one of the highlights was um, George Gilder for the third time. Correct. And, uh, you know, we had uh, a priest and a rabbi. How... <laughs> How can you not like a priest and a <laughs> rabbi? Uh, Father Robert Sirico and Rabbi Daniel Lappin. That was phenomenal. And uh, Teen Zoe, author is subscribed. Yep. And back in February. Yeah, I remember that one. And am I getting this right? Your brother-in-law's brother-in-law? Justin yes, Lake? J- Justin Lake. Yeah. That was a great show. Um, that was just really fascinating about his- kind of the beginning of our foray into medical, right? And and where we we've where we've begun to talk. Well, no, we had we had Mary Ruart on previously. Right. I think she was 2018, though. She was. And, and, and but but by the way, fi- follow up on 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 Justin. You know, one of the things that he mentioned on that show was that his son Christopher decided had not done the the full external connection of the pump with the because it's right. the insulin insulin pump and, yes. and the 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 monitor right right because he didn't want to deal with it being a teenager and active and yeah. all that yeah he has he has since changed his mind and has moved over and now is is i guess from what i understand uh now uh, effectively has a, a full fully artificial external uh pancreas mm. operating wow and, and is doing doing real well so that's awesome yeah. That was just fascinating how the, those guys just hack that device and figure that mm-hmm. out how to make it better and <laughs> the batteries last longer, re- rechargeable batteries into it or whatever. It was just great. It was yeah. really, really interesting. The, prob- the most nerve-wracking guest? Of Rory Sutherland for not showing up twice? No. <laughs> Okay. No, because that's just funny. Because that's just Rory. Because we know <laughs> he just sucks. Rory. With, he just yeah. sucks with time man. Didn't he? Didn't he go to the wrong uh, on the wrong date to his time management course? He did the day well, the day late too. So yeah. it's not even like he could. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when he joined us, he's like, "Have you been on for an hour?" <laughs> yes. Uh, yes Finally, right. yeah. yeah. Yes, Rory. I have this time uh, wrong. He was great, though. Good, great, good, great guest. But who was the yeah. most nerve-wracking guest? Ron? For me, Tyler Cowan. Because yes, because he was just, very brief. He's just brilliant, and uh-huh. it, but he's he just gives these laconic answers, and you you, you kind of have to interview like he does. He just rapid fires questions at his guests, <laughs> which used to really kind of disturb me. Now I kind of like it, but it it it's different. And it is he, different. And he's just so smart. I just, 
I have so much respect for him. <laughs> he's just such a bright guy, a true renaissance. He's truly one of the few renaissance people I can think of that is just well-steeped in literature and music. In everything. Yeah. In everything. Yeah. And, and not just in like worldwide literature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just listened yep. to some of the interviews he does and just am blown away with, so they'll bring up some obscure author from India and he'll know them. Oh yeah, I've yeah read no, it, I, exactly. It's not like it's not like it's just that he's prepping for that person for the yeah, show. No, <laughs> it, no, it's not. It's it's just on a general wide sense. Yeah, he's he's also just done a um, rear year look back with his producer. His producer came on and kind of interviewed him about different things about the show and his favorite guests and all this. Okay. Um, and it was just really good. It was just really good. But yeah, he's just so erudite. It's just he he was intimidating. Yeah. He was well. Well, so that what was your favorite show, though, Ron? Well, I, I cheated, Ed. I, I picked the top five with guests and without that were that you oh, know just topic driven. Okay. So if, if you're going to make me do like a Letterman countdown, I'd have to say I'd start with a priest and a rabbi. I'd go okay. Roy Sutherland. I, I thought Andy Armanino was great. So it was mm-hmm. great to finally interview him. Chris Strickland. And George Gilder. There you go. Well, let me give you the top five that were actually from the audience, Ron. How about okay. that? Well, give me okay. <clears throat> give me your top five. Uh, I think that we're pretty close. I mean, you, you can't leave out Gilder. Uh, I, uh, Roy Sutherland, without question. Teen, for sure. Um <sighs> I'm trying to think. You know what I had a really fun time doing is the show with Reginald Lee that we did kind of live. In that live. was just it was it was just fun. Yeah. It just is, because yeah. it was the three of us together in the same place, which we don't get a chance to often do. Right. And right. and I do think that some of our stuff on subscription this year was good. Yeah, yeah. And and Jordan Burnbaum from the ADP, the behavioral economist, and we've had Mark we had Mark Stiving on, which was great because it fellow pricer. Yep. Joe Woodard on. We had our colleagues from down under, John Chisholm, Matthew Burgess, and David Wells. And we had Tom Hall, the kid from the UK, <clears throat> who wrote the report on the billable hour. Yes. Uh, that was great. Uh, that was really good. That was fun. And, of course, Dr. Keith Smith and Dr. Paul Thomas were, were just awesome. Just outstanding. And I'm still processing those. I can't, I can't put them in my top five yet because I'm still processing them. That's That's like my part of the problem. But... Anyway, well, we're up against our last break, Ron. When we come back, I'll give you the, the actual top five from our listener perspective. But right okay. now, we want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. That's also our Twitter handle as well as the hashtag. If you want to con- contact us during the show, hashtag asktsoe. And now, a word from our sponsor and, of course, my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create 
package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise well welcome back everybody we're talking about the year in review from 2019 talking about our favorite shows and ed uh those were my top five shows with guests. So let me give you my top five shows that we did on topics that I thought were just really fun. Again, in David Letterman reverse order, occupational licensure. That's a fun show. So we can Mm -hmm. be protected against unlicensed interior decorators. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I really, really liked the um, correlation, not causation show. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, with the funky uh, Latin name that you gave it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I thought the show that we did on the pricing and Starbucks menu mm. was fascinating. Yeah, that was a fun show. That, that really was. And then, uh, of course, going through Rory's alchemy book. I mean, it's one thing to talk to Rory, and that's always great. But just you and I chatting about all the funny things in the book and things that really struck us, that was fun. And I have to say my favorite was um, going through Gilder's The Soul of Silicon. Really? Okay. Yeah, we got some good feedback on that show. Surprisingly, I thought that was going to be some, one that people did not were turned off by, but turns out that I was and, and I know a few of our regular listeners were because uh, it, it's kind of heavy, but I, I, I still think it's one of the most profound things he's written. And he's written a lot of profound things, but that one just, I read it every year. So... Those were yep. those were fun, but what did our what did our listeners have to say about the top uh, five? So, listeners' top five shows for 2019, and these are again in reverse David Letterman order. Is our interview with Teen? So, mm, okay. I was. This is kind of is the surprise to me. Lawyering up, value pricing down under. So, the interview that we did with 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 Matthew and um, John and um, why can't I think of David? David, yeah. Right? Yep. And coming in at number three, you will never guess this one. I, well, maybe how to fire a customer. Oh yeah. I was, yeah, that was another fun show. 
Because we three. equated it to, you know, breaking up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not you, it's me. You know? <laughs> oh, you know, it's just me, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and the number two show, the lost chapter from implementing value pricing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. And the number one show that we produced in 2019, and this is by a wide margin, uh, by over uh, three, close to 3,000 listens totally. Well, actually, over 3,000 listens total. Interview with Joe Woodard. Wow. Excellent. Yep. Yep. And we got some stats on all-time show numbers too, didn't we, going back to – Day one. We did. And let's see, just uh, none of those are in the top 10 with the exception of the Joe Woodard show. Right. So that list is, is different. And I know the number one show there is of all time is. Is Gilder. Is Gilder. The first interview. The first interview with George Gilder. Oh, the first. Not the oh, no, third. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Life after Google. Yes. The oh, life after that's Google the third. interview. That's the third yeah. interview. Life yeah. after Google interview with George Gilder. Yep. 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 That was great. I I I, I do think that boosted our China numbers. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't would would be willing to bet that you are correct on that. Well, what else, Ron? What what are the some of the podcasts that you've added in 2019? I mentioned one that I've, I've Jonah Goldberg's The Remnant podcast. Yeah, and he's been on my list since he started. Um, I, I I put in um, conversations with Nick Gillespie. From Reason, because they split. Reason now has three different podcasts that they used to kind of combine all into one feed. Now they split it up. Um, and his is one of them. And he interviews somebody weekly. And it's always an author. It's always somebody really interesting. And he does a good job. I mean, if he can just, you know, let them talk more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he, he, does a, he does a good job. He's always got interesting, uh, interesting people on. And the other one that I really started to like is the Soho Forum Debates, which are run by Gene Epstein. I think they're underwritten by the Reason Foundation as well. That's the link right. there. And uh, Gene Epstein is the moderator, and he and he's just a brilliant guy. He used to be the book review editor, I think, for Barron's. In fact, Tom we, uh, Tom Woods had him on his show for a whole week and did a, a week of Gene Epstein. Uh, and the guy's fascinating because you name a book, this guy's read it. And not right. only is he right, he can tell you all about it. He can tell you what the author thinks and how it compares and contrasts other books and just really super knowledgeable, uh, very interesting guy with a with an incredible backstory. Ed, during the week on Woods, he uh, his mom was a communist. He was a red diaper baby, basically, kind of like um, David Horowitz. Mm-hmm. It was a really fascinating um, childhood in, in that respect. And then to, you know, come out on the other side, you know, as a libertarian like he is. Um, but what I love about the Soho Forum debates is, first off, they're very respectful. Uh, there's not, you know, a lot of bickering. It's not like watching a cable TV show where they're yelling at one another. And they're great topics. They, you know, they've done Bitcoin and, and uh, just, you know, capitalism for socialism and just really, really good topics. But it's also Oxford style where they poll the audience before and after and the person who wins is the one who swayed who who swayed the most uh, members of the audience right right uh and uh, i think they get a tootsie roll (laughs) uh but i'll tell you bragging rights and bragging rights if i'm ever in new york 
uh, I, I would go to one of these. They, they do them roughly every month, I think, maybe maybe one every two months. I'm not sure. But he's got one coming up, I believe, in March with Bill Crystal and Scott Horton. Debating that will be interesting. Foreign policy. That's already sold out. In fact, they had to put it in a bigger venue. So now I still think there's seats available. But the Soho Forum I, debates, I, I really enjoy them because they're they're true debates. Mm-hmm. And I like debates. <laughs> they're, they're real debates, not not soundbite. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. yeah. So how about you? Yeah. What did you what did you put in your feed? Well, mentioned Goldberg and the the one you just mentioned that I had listened to on and off, but now a fairly regular listener is the Tom Wood show. Really, I, I do like he he's just unbelievable. I one one episode a day for at least thirty minutes and it's just just absolutely insane his it, it, ability to, to pump out material. I, I know. I, and, and I'll tell you, it's tough to keep up with, but his, the thing is his topics are great. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, not all of them, but I'd say 90% of them are just really interesting. And I especially like it because he is a PhD and he is a historian, mm-hmm. but he's also kind of an economic historian, which is, you know, really kind of neat. And, what I really like about it is when he does the solo shows on a topic, like did World War II get us out of the Great Depression, mm-hmm. or why did the you know did FDR help or hinder our recovery from the Great? You know, when he does a topic like that or nullification, um, it's fascinating <clears throat> because he's such a knowledgeable historian that he mm-hmm. brings in you know perspectives that. Um, chances are you've never heard about before so and i know he's written the politically incorrect guide to the history of the u.s i think or something like that or maybe it's the yeah i think that's his best best-selling book yeah yeah uh but yeah uh well yeah glad to glad to see you listening to that because he's um i really like him plus he's a devout catholic right he is yes he is a devout catholic and and I, it's interesting that we're the way he he brings those two things together and and I, I've heard him often talk about that I think my favorite week of his and what might have been the, the the thing that swayed me over to him was his week with Michael Malice yeah well that was just I, entertaining <laughs> Michael Malice is just it just absolutely fascinates me and I that's I now follow his Twitter feed, Michael Malice's Twitter feed, pretty religiously because he's he's just incredible. I mean, he just eviscerates people, absolutely eviscerates them. <laughs> yeah, my first introduction to Woods was his book, uh, you know, How the Catholic Church Built Civilization or something. I forget uh-huh. the exact title, but long before I knew about his show, this was a couple decades ago, but it was a great book. But anyway, so Ed, that's looking back at last year and looking forward. What do we have for next week? Next week, Ron, we are going to interview John Tobin, who I believe wrote an article about his firm, who is a, he's a lawyer who does all subscription. That's not possible. That's not possible. <laughs> it can't be. It, well, yet, an, yet another black swan black we'll be swan. having on the show. Yep. All right. Looking forward to it. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www. 
www.thesoulofenterprise.com. <laughs>